This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Many prison inmates can get vocational training and other forms of education behind bars. But after serving their sentence, those prison credentials can limit their chances with employers. We'll have the story. Employers may devalue their expertise because it was obtained in prison, or they may just use the prison itself as a way to screen applicants out of the hiring process altogether. Then, an expert says many of today's teens are suffering from sleep deprivation due to constant screen time, early school classes, and more. 10% of teenagers are sleeping adequately on most nights. So sleep really takes a nosedive in the teenage years, and sadly, the problem is getting worse and worse for them year over year. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Many prison inmates can receive vocational training and similar opportunities behind bars. But after serving their sentence, those prison credentials can limit their chances with employers. InfoTrack's Gina Tedesco has the story. Gina? Thanks, Chris. Prison inmates might receive education or attend training programs while behind bars, leaving them with a difficult choice when they're released. Do they present their prison credentials from this education and training when trying to get a job? A sociologist has been looking into the issue and produced a study published in the journal Criminology. She's Charday Lindsay with the Cornell Brooks School of Public Policy at Cornell University, and she joins us now. Charday, we're talking about thousands of former inmates not knowing if their prison credentials are going to help them or hurt them. Do you know if there's been any standard guidance they receive from their educators about this? There's not any real consistency or a real guideline for educators in programs about how to tell people who have these credentials how they should use them out in the labor market, how they should signal them, how they should communicate those to employers. And so these individuals are then left to their own devices to come up with ways to do that. Let's understand what kind of education we're talking about. Do the inmates do coursework administered by the prison itself or through a nearby college? Both of those things happen. So there are programs that are specifically within the facilities, vocational programs, think of like HVAC and so on. And then there are college programs that are tied to universities, usually within the state, outside of the institution. But those programs come into the institution to do the educating. And the so-called training programs, are these linked to work experience in maintaining the prison, like the heating, air conditioning work? There are certain jobs within the facilities, a lot of my interviewers talked about, that they were actually using these skills. So they were maintenance workers within different penal industries and factories. They were doing some of the HVAC stuff and learning it that way, a lot of hands-on training. So yeah, they were a vital part of keeping the prison functioning while they were also obtaining these skills. So if the certifications the inmates receive mention the prison name itself, that's the concern? Yes. They themselves aren't really sure about how employers are going to perceive the fact that the prison is listed on the credential or that they have to indicate that via just like an address and things like that. 
And so they're concerned that employers may devalue that, you know, their expertise because it was obtained in prison or that they may just use the prison itself as a way to screen applicants out of the hiring process altogether. You studied 50 men. What percentage decided that they would, in fact, use their prison credentials in trying to get a job? It varied, really, and it varied over time. So after some guys used these credentials, right, they came out thinking they could use them in the labor market, and then they found out that they weren't quite getting the sort of callbacks for job interviews as they expected. So it would vary over time. It might vary based on anything in the job ad that might indicate they may be a bit more open to people with criminal records. And so this sort of varied and there weren't any percentage that used it, you know, every single time they applied for jobs. It just really depended on the position. It depended on the job ad and so many other factors in the process. And do we know how many of those who did use their prison credentials actually got a job? Yes. Of the 50 men that I interviewed, only two reported that they immediately came out of prison and they were able to find a position related to the credential that they acquired while they were there. The rest had to either rely on their social networks for jobs in the meantime, temporary work, and then others decided to sort of go back to school or go back for more training in order to be able to pursue the type of jobs that they ultimately want to. We're visiting with Charday Lindsay, a sociologist at Cornell University. She studied former prison inmates and their uncertainty on whether to rely upon prison education credentials when looking for work. Talk to us a little bit about how prison credentials were envisioned originally as a way to boost a former inmate's chances of getting work. These credentials were sort of created so that when people who have been incarcerated go out into the community, they have something tangible to help demonstrate to employers that they have the skills, they have the abilities, and they are sort of changed. It's supposed to indicate that they are aspiring for something more and these conventional beliefs about the importance of work. However, they are not always currently operating as intended. So there's been a lot of inconsistencies over the past half century dating back to the 1960s about their efficacy. And so that's sort of what I'm trying to bring here with this piece is to help us understand that puzzle of why they're not working. I was going to mention those studies back to the 1960s on whether the credentials were a benefit to the inmates seeking work. Have they been a benefit? Yeah, it's been very much a mixed bag. But what I try to do in this piece is to show that the programs themselves are still producing some of these positive outcomes. These men are getting out into the community. They're ready to go try to find a job, right? And so it is producing these positive outcomes and changing their mindsets in meaningful ways. However, whether they work also depends on employers and other decision makers also acknowledging that effort. And so this piece is to sort of show to make sure that we aren't pulling back on funding these types of programs. They do work in meaningful ways, but we also need to focus on important decision makers and making sure they also acknowledge that and are aware of those efforts. Some have suggested simply changing the name on the certificate so it does not reflect the prison. Has that idea gotten any traction? 
Yes, this piece had been picked up by some practitioners in different state departments, and that was one suggestion in the short term is to make sure that the credentials aren't sort of labeled with people's past and the fact that they were in prison. And so that's something that facilities and other decision makers can do in the short term, in addition to ensuring that there are these other efforts to help employers, one, either know more about these credentials or make sure that they give folks a fair shot, whether that be incentives for employers who do hire people with criminal records or other means that policymakers can come up with. Now, we all have a stake in this, don't we? The Brookings Institution reports inmates who enroll in college-level programs are 48% less likely to go back to jail compared to those who don't get the extra education. So taxpayers save money. This education is quite precious, isn't it? Yes, absolutely, especially when we're thinking about these efforts to sort of release people back into the community and to decarcerate, to relieve communities of the impacts of mass incarceration, we really do need to be thinking more about, okay, what does it mean when they get out into these communities? We don't want them to come back to prison. And education is usually seen as this pathway for people to be able to pursue their career interests and aspirations and also to be able to just live a meaningful sort of life. And so it is really important in our best interest to save not just money in the long term, but to ensure that we're not just the cyclical nature, just perpetuating the cyclical nature of this incarceration. Sharday Lindsay, a sociologist at Cornell University, thank you for sharing your information with us today. Thank you for having me. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. Next, today's teens could use a lot more sleep. That story, straight ahead. There's more InfoTrack coming up. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. 